Good day. I'm evangelist and pastor Derek E. Wilkes, president and founder of the Congregation of Churches. Welcome to today's broadcast. If you're joining us live stream via our website, congregationofchurches.org, or if you're watching live stream via Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube, welcome to you. If you dialed in via our COC partner group, thanks for joining us. We're going to have an awesome time in the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, your word conceived in my human spirit, informed by my tongue, and spoken out of my mouth this creative ability that is working for us now in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Again, welcome to you. Go with me to the book of Luke in chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And uh, characteristic of our services is that we like to communicate an offering message before we get into the rhema word. And the offering message it's just as much worship as the delivery and the receiving of the rhema word. So I would ask you to place a demand on what you hear. And um, the objective of this is to stir you up in your faith so that when you give, when you participate in giving, that you'll give in faith. You'll give with faith. You'll give from a place of faith and honor toward God. Amen. Glory to God. Luke chapter 5, please. Luke chapter 5. Praise God. And let's begin reading at verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, him being Jesus, to hear the word of God. Glory to God. Isn't that awesome? There was a press in their spirit. There was a press in their heart to hear the word of God. They were pressing in to hear the word of God. Like you're doing today, you're pressing in to hear the word of God. Like the woman with the issue of blood did. She pressed in to put a demand on the anointing of God. That's what you're doing today. You're pressing in to hear the word of God. And these people were pressing in to hear the word of God. And he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Washing all of their nets. Not just one net. They were washing all of their nets. They had worked all night, and now they are cleaning their nets. They're washing all of their nets. All right? Keep that in mind. And he, Jesus, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. Simon owned his own ship. He had his own equipment. All right? And he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep, and let down your nets, plural, which he had just washed. He'd been washing all of his night nets because he had been fishing all night long. And he's cleaning all of his nets. Now he's not wanting to have to clean all of those nets again. So watch what Peter does. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, nets, plural. Not singular, not nets, but nets, plural. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night. And have taken nothing. So they've been fishing all night long and they didn't catch anything. And uh, you can imagine he's possibly tired. And uh, he wants to get something to eat. He wants to relax. But now he's going to uh, 
place all these nets back into the water. Now, this is what he was told to do. He says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a big catch. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at your rhema, or at your word, I will let down the net. Now, it sounds like he's being obedient, fully uh, complying, fully obedient, but he's not. Because Jesus said, let down the nets, plural. He is letting down a net, singular. And he said, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net, singular, break. And they beckoned unto their partners. So Peter has this fishing business and he has partners that are with him in business. So then it follows that if Peter prospers, his partners prosper as well. All right. And so both boats, uh, both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the big catch of the fish which they had taken. So also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth you shall catch men. You shall catch men. So then what we have here uh, is a situation where Peter had been fishing all night long. In his own strength, had not caught anything. In his own strength. But now he yields to the instruction of Jesus. He yields to the instruction of Jesus and he's able to get this great catch of fish. So what does that tell us? That you can do more. We can do more by the word of God and the anointing of God than we can in our own strength. You can do more. We can do more by the word of God and the anointing of God than we can in our own strength. And we see here that there's more to fishing than what can be uh, sold because Peter has his fishing business and he's fishing so that he can get food to eat and so that he can receive income for the business. There's more to fishing than just what you can gather in as it relates to food and or income. There's also the thought of fishing for men or we could say it this way, marketplace ministry. There's more to uh, what you're doing than just the acquisition of money and or uh, food for your house. God also wants you to engage in marketplace ministry so that your occupation merges with your vocation or your calling. So God wants you to also consider the marketplace while you're out there. Praise God. So while Peter is fishing for fish, Jesus is also fishing. But Jesus is not fishing for fish. Jesus is fishing for Peter. Peter is casting his net in the water and Jesus is casting a vision for Peter. And uh, so Jesus is casting a vision. Now the thought and the idea of casting a vision has to do with uh, having a vision. 
vision is always associated with planning for the future. Having a vision, vision is associated with purpose. So there's a purpose for your life, there's a purpose for my life, and vision is the plan that will enable us to fulfill purpose. And so Jesus has a vision for Peter. And Jesus is casting a vision. The idea of casting a vision has to do with you sharing the vision that you have so that the people that would hear this uh, communication would be inclined to become a partner or partaker of what you're doing. So Jesus is casting a vision for Peter. And Peter got caught in Jesus' vision. Peter received those words. He recognized that he had uh, fallen short in what he was doing. Now, the other thing that we need to see here is that what Peter needed, what he desired, was there all along. But he was trying to catch fish in his own strength. Now, were the fish in the, in the water the night that he had been fishing? Of course they were. The fish were already there, but they were not in his net. They were not getting in his net. But by the word of God, the rhema of God, and the power of God, in the daytime, Peter was, Peter was able to catch more following the instructions of Jesus than he was in his own strength at night when, the, when that's, that's really the time to, to go fishing. And, uh, but yet in the daytime, he's catching fish. Glory to God. But he's doing it by the word of God and by the anointing of God, he's able to do more. The fish were there all along. What you need, what you desire is already available. In fact, it very well may be around you and within your midst right now, but you don't see it. If you're trying to gather in your own strength and instead of putting a demand on the word and the anointing, you may miss what's already there. The fish were already there, but he didn't recognize it. But the next day, the fish that were already there submitted to the power of God, and they got in that net. Glory to God. And his partners were able to partake of what he was doing. So we see here uh, that he was looking to increase his income and acquire food. And Jesus is showing him and showing you and I right now that there's more to what we do than the acquisition of finances so that we can have food and resources for our house only, but that we can engage in marketplace ministry. Glory to God. And today, you'll have an opportunity to participate in giving into the kingdom of God, bringing your business, bringing your ministry, bringing what you do, under the influence of the word of God and under the anointing of God, under the jurisdiction of the kingdom of God, and you can get more done under the influence of the kingdom than you can in your own strength. Glory to God. And so I would ask you to participate in giving and receiving today. You can use our website, congregationofchurches.org, to give. And just tap onto the donation link and you can give there via Square or PayPal. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so if you do that at this time, and we would like to, we would like to uh, uh, pray with you and bless your giving. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to receive these resources into the kingdom of God. These tithes, these offerings that are being uh, released into this ministry, we receive them. 
We receive them into good ground and we thank you for supernatural increase coming forth to the recipients. Those that are participating right now, increase comes to your house. Increase comes to your house right now in the name of Jesus. Burdens are being removed. Yokes are being destroyed because of the anointing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for participating. Glory to God. Praise God. Well, we're going to get into the word of God and we'll be right back right after this message. Praise God. Welcome back. I'm evangelist and pastor Derek E. Wilkes, president and founder of the Congregation of Churches. Welcome to today's broadcast. If you're just joining us, we just received the offering for today and now we're ready to get into the word of God. Hallelujah. Say this with me. I am receptive. I'm expectant. I'm excited. Glory to God. Say this with me. I will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened, that I would know what is the hope of God's calling. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the teaching anointing, the preaching anointing, the healing anointing. Thank you for prophetic anointings. Thank you, Father, for revelations, demonstrations, manifestations. Thank you for the glory of God flowing in these services, even now, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. We've been looking at miracles and the hearing of faith. Miracles and the hearing of faith. And uh, we're looking at part two. Part two. That's what we'll be looking at today. Miracles and the hearing of faith. And we're looking at part two. I want you to go with me to the book of Galatians chapter three. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, there's some things that the Lord shared with me uh, that i like to share with you uh, in this in fact, I want to say to you that uh, it would be a good idea to visit YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn and, uh, and watch part one. Uh, watch part one that will absolutely bless you. Also, you may be able to find it on our website as well under partnerpodcast.org. Partnerpodcast.org. And uh, I want you to watch part one. I believe it will bless you real good. Glory to God. And uh, here today in part two, there's some additional thoughts that I'd like to share with you. In fact, we, we should refresh just a little bit. Let's do that right now. And uh, let's read this verse first. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5. He, speaking of God, therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and worketh miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now, a better rendering for this word minister uh, could be supplies. He that supplies to you the Spirit. So then there's a supply of the Spirit. There's a supply of the Spirit. Say this, say this with me. There's a supply of the Spirit. There's a supply of the Spirit. He that supplies to you the Spirit and works miracles amongst you. Does he do it 
by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So now the answer is implied. It is through the hearing of faith, not the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith that you're able to tap into the supply of the spirit and the flow of miracles. You're able to tap into that by the hearing of faith, the hearing of faith. Now, let's talk a moment here. Uh, I gave some definitions in the, uh, the last episode where we talked about miracles and the hearing of faith. And we defined miracles as uh, manifestations of God's mighty power. Miracles defined as mighty manifestations of God's power or uh, the power that makes possible. Miracle defined as the power that makes possible. And it is derived from the Greek root word dynamis or dunamis however you would want to pronounce that and so miracles the power of God the power that makes possible mighty or manifestations of God's mighty power manifestations of God's mighty power we looked at wonders wonders comes from a Greek root word uh, that represents someone being in awe uh, or astonishment because of what they saw or experienced. They are in awe. They are astonished. There is something that will evoke astonishment based on what you saw or experienced. This is uh, from the Greek root word that represents wonder. And then we looked at uh, the Greek root word for signs, which represents a mark, M-A-R-K, or an indicator. A mark or an indicator. God confirms his word with signs following. God confirms his word with a mark or an indicator. Uh, God is saying, I, I said that. Yes, I'm endorsing that. I said that. And here's my mark or here's my indicator. I'm signing off on it. So we looked at miracles, wonders, and signs, and we gave the Greek root word for each. You can go back to the previous episode and, and look at those words in detail. In fact, I think we placed it on the screen so you can go back and get all of those definitions. We also defined the word supernatural. Supernatural is that which is supernatural. It is that which is above and beyond the norm, or that which is above and beyond the natural. And it's derived from a Greek root word, pneumatikos, and it means spiritual, and it also means supernatural. And uh, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of God's Spirit, said, I would not have you to be ignorant of spiritual. I would not have you to be ignorant of the supernatural. He said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't want you to be ignorant of the supernatural. I don't want you to be ignorant of spiritual. And then if you read on down into that chapter, verses 7 through 11, you'll see the gifts of the Spirit listed. You'll see miracles listed. You'll see the gift of faith, gifts of healings. You'll see all of these things listed there. So it follows that signs, wonders, and miracles are supernatural. And so if you were to take a container and place miracles inside the container, signs inside the container, uh, wonders inside the container, and label the container 
supernatural, you would not have done any harm to those words. Because these things that we're talking about are supernatural. They're above and beyond the natural or above and beyond the norm. <clears throat> we also looked at the word manifest. Manifest means to make apparent, to show forth, or to reveal. These are some words that are associated with our thought for meditation. Then we looked at the word work, W-O-R-K, work. What men call or label as miracles, God labels as work. Men on earth, men that are not uh, acculturated to the kingdom of God and the things of God, they label healings, blind eyes opening up, deaf ears opening up, mighty manifestations of God's power. They label it as miracles. Look at that, a miracle, a miracle. He got new tires, a miracle. He got a new vehicle, a miracle. He got a new home, a miracle. And really, for you and I, if you and I are uh, growing and we're spiritually mature and we understand that miracles are a flow of, a natural flow of the kingdom of God, you and I simply refer to it as work. It is God at work. It is a supernatural manifestation of the power of God at work. It is God at work. When God hung the sun into the sky and the moon and the stars and created all the trees and all of the animals and us, mankind, he didn't label it as a miracle. If you go back to Genesis 1 at some point and read it, Genesis 1, and God said, 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 and God saw everything that he had made by what he had said, or what he was saying. After each occurrence of that word, we don't see, and God said, and it was good, the miracle that God had did. And God said, and it was good, the miracle that God had created. The miracle, the miracle, the miracle, the miracle. No, and then you go over to Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and we see that God labels it as work. He finished the work. It is work. It was work. On heaven's side, from heaven's perspective, it's simply work. From man's perspective, it is a miracle. Now, unless you are walking with God as a citizen of the kingdom of God, it is a natural flow. It is our natural habitat. Glory to God. And so uh, I shared in introducing this thought to everyone uh, about a week ago that I heard a message uh, it was preached in 1988 1988 not 98 1988 by Dr. Frederick K.C. Price he preached a message and the message was labeled uh, the other side of signs wonders and miracles the other side of signs wonders and miracles the other side of signs wonders and miracles and uh, there is another side and the other side is faith. And what he was looking to emphasize is that we don't live by miracles. Now, I'll let that sit there for a second. We don't live by miracles. We don't live by signs. We can enjoy what men label as miracles. We can enjoy what men label as signs and wonders. But we don't live by signs and wonders. We don't live by miracles. We live by faith. And so what he was looking to emphasize in that communication was that we live by faith, not signs, wonders, and miracles. 
Amen. We're not pursuing miracles. We're not pursuing signs and wonders. We're pursuing the word of God. And signs and wonders follow the word. Praise God. Amen. And then another man shared a word. And the word that this man of God shared, this was Kenneth E. Hagen. Kenneth E. Hagen. And Kenneth E. Hagen of Ramah. Uh, he shared that the supernatural is a realm that you and I yearn to be a part of and to, and we are citizens of this supernatural realm, but we yearn the supernatural and yearning the supernatural and having a desire for the supernatural is not uh, abnormal. It is actually a normal thing because you and I are created by a supernatural God in the image of this supernatural God. And so it's not a strange thing for you and I to yearn the supernatural because we are a supernatural people. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then uh, another man of God shared something that in all these things I find intriguing um, and uh, they appeal to me. Uh, these things um, really stirred me up as I was listening to them and looking at them over the past couple of months. <clears throat> uh, a man by the name of Andrew Womack. All of these are awesome men of God. And he was sharing that... Uh, it's better to live and cooperate with the blessing than to be living from miracle to miracle. The blessing is greater. The blessing is what we should be placing our emphasis on, not, you know, living from crisis to crisis or living from miracle to miracle. This is Andrew Womack. He's the one that brought that thought out. And there's, and I agree with all three of these individuals, <clears throat> and there's some awesome insight that you and I are going to tap into today. And of course, I would encourage you to go back and listen to uh, part one of this. And so these are some thoughts that really triggered uh, my investigation of this whole uh, study. And uh, I've taught along these lines in times past, but there was a quickening in my heart uh, uh, in a unique way this time. And, uh, and I'm confident that you'll be empowered. So that's a brief refresher concerning what we've looked at in times uh, over the past uh, two sessions or so. And uh, one of which was recorded. And uh, one other thing. Go with me to, in fact, we're going to go to John in a few moments anyway. So let's go back here to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And let's read this again. And let's get into some thoughts here. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 5. He therefore that ministers to you or supplies to you the spirit and works miracles amongst you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now go with me to Philippians chapter 1. Keep your finger here. But go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Notice what it says here in verse uh, 19. Philippians chapter 1. Before you go to verse 19, let's start at verse uh, 3. I thank my God, the Apostle Paul speaking to his partners. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. He's speaking to his partners. The Apostle Paul is talking to his partners. The church at Philippi. This is a partner church. They're connected with them through partnership. I, in every uh, prayer of mine for you, I make requests for you with joy. Verse 5, for your fellowship or partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even as it is meet or possible for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my bonds. All right, he's bound. And in the defense of the confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of my grace. So Paul is in, 
imprisoned, all right? And his partners are really helping him in a big way while he's in prison. And they are praying for him. Now, prayer doesn't change things. Stop, don't, before you, wait, just listen. Prayer doesn't change things. The prayer of faith changes things. It's not just prayer. It's the prayer of faith. If, you know, Muslims pray. Buddhists pray. Hindus pray. We're not just talking about prayer. We're talking about the prayer of faith. And so, uh, it's not the prayer that changes things. It's the prayer of faith. And so, his partners are praying for him. His partners are sowing into his ministry. His partners are praying for him. His partners are delivering goods to him. They're delivering things for him to write on. Things to write with. They're delivering him toiletries. Whatever he would need, they're delivering it to him in prison. Alright? And, uh... Notice what it says here in verse 19, what Paul says to his partners. He says, I know that this, speaking of the situation with which he was dealing with, shall turn. There's going to be a turnaround. I know that this situation shall turn to my salvation. Now, salvation means more than being born again. Salvation includes healing, deliverance, preservation, soundness, and more. He says, I know that this situation shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. The supply of the Spirit. Now, he's not talking about the presence of God being resident within him because he's already born again. He's not talking about the supply of the Spirit from the standpoint of, I need God's presence within me. He's talking about the supply of the Spirit as it relates to the anointing, the flow of the anointing, the power of God. Is, there's a supply of the Spirit being made available for him, uh, to him through his, the prayer of his partners. Glory to God. There's a supply of the Spirit. So I wanted to show you that phrase. Now you go back to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And notice here. He therefore, God, that ministers to you, the, or excuse me, or supplies to you the Spirit. So there's a supply of the Spirit. That's what's being referred to here. Uh, supplies to you the Spirit and works miracles amongst you. Supply of the Spirit and works miracles amongst you. So... The working of miracles will come via this supply. You're going to see what I mean by that in a moment. There's a working of miracles that can take place by way of this supply. When the supply of the Spirit comes, wisdom comes with that supply of the Spirit. With the supply of the Spirit will come wisdom. With the supply of the Spirit will come answers. With the supply of the Spirit will come things I need to hear that will bring me to a place of faith. So that I can cooperate with what God is wanting to do as it relates to the power of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He that supplies to you the spirit and the working of miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And the answer is the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith is how you tap into the supply of the spirit which is necessary for the working of miracles. We need that supply of the Spirit. The supply of the Spirit is what will bring us to the place of being in faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God, yes, but it's a specific type of word. It's not the Logos word. Logos, for those of you that have not been exposed to this thought, represents the written Word of God. Logos represents the written word of God, what you see in black and white, the black letters on white paper. But rhema is when these black letters become red to you. 
They become R-E-D to you. When these black letters become R-E-D, red, color red, to you in your heart and mind is when they become amplified to you. Is when the word that you R-E-A-D, red, becomes a revealed word. It's when the word that was said, S-A-I-D, becomes something God is S-A-Y-I-N-G, ing to you. Something God is saying to you. The red word becomes a revealed word. The said word becomes a saying. The heard word becomes something you're hearing. And, uh, and so faith comes out of hearing. Not having heard, but hearing. Faith comes by hearing. That means that you are present. You are practicing God's presence. You are present. You're practicing his presence. And because you're practicing his presence... You will be current, C-U-R-R-E-N-T. You'll be current with what he is saying because you will be hearing. Because you're present, you will be current with what he is saying because you're in a position of hearing. If you're not present, then you're not, you're not current with what God is saying because you're not hearing. You're not hearing. Faith is now. Faith is present tense. Faith is always now. And so if you're hearing, you're going to be in the loop with what God is doing. Amen. Praise God. And here, there's this idea of the hearing of faith. But we know how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. And so he that works miracles amongst you, does he do it uh, by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's the hearing of faith. So what does this tell you? Now, here's where I want to go with this today. By the hearing of faith. You and I need to hear Certainly, we need to hear faith coming to us. If you're going to hear faith coming, then you need to know, um, you need to know what you're listening for and where you're listening from. We're listening for rhema. You go and look it up. It's the Greek root word number 4487. It represents rhema. That's what you'll find in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. You're hearing by rhema Christos or rhema anointed. Uh, we need to know what we're listening for. We're listening for Rhema, and we need to know where we're listening from. You're listening from your spirit. You're not listening. You're not. You're not hearing Rhema when it comes with your physical ears. You're hearing Rhema with the ear of your heart, right? So you got that. Now, here's the other thing: the hearing of faith. The hearing of faith. So there's this idea where you and I need to hear faith when it comes. But then once faith comes, we need to speak faith. Here's what I want to say to you this morning, is that faith has a sound. You certainly wouldn't be able to hear it if it didn't have a sound. Faith has a sound. There's the sound of faith coming to you, but there's also the sound of faith being released from you. So there's the sound of faith that's coming to you, but then there's the sound of faith coming from you. Glory to God. Let me say that again. There's the sound of faith coming to you, but that's not where the, the sound should uh, begin and stop. There's the sound of faith that should flow from you. There's the sound of faith that should flow to the challenges that you are experiencing right now. There's the sound of faith that should flow to, you know, your body. There's the sound of faith that should flow to your finances. There's a sound of faith that should flow to your family. There's a sound of faith that should flow to your job. 
there's a sound of faith that should flow to and into anything, any area where you want to experience the working of miracles. Any area where you want to experience the supply of the Spirit. If you want that situation to experience the supply of the Spirit, you want that situation to experience the working of God's power in your life, you want that situation to experience the supernatural, then there should be a sound of faith not only to you, but there should be a sound of faith flowing through you. Glory to God. There's Faith has a sound. Say it with me. Faith has a sound. If it didn't have a sound, how could you hear it? Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, glory to God. There's so much I want to share with you, and uh, we need to we need to work our way into it. Glory to God. The anointing is heavy here right now. Glory to God. Let's look at something. Go with me to Mark chapter 11 for a moment. Let's talk about this for a second, and we'll see how the Lord leads us into other areas. Mark chapter 11. Faith has a sound. Faith has a sound. Go to Mark chapter 11. There's the sound of faith coming to you, but there's also the sound of faith flowing through you. All right? Mark 11 and verse 22. And Jesus answering his disciples said unto them, have faith in God or have the faith of God or the God kind of faith. Jesus, Jesus had just spoken to a fig tree. All right? He had just spoken to a fig tree and uh, uh, he, we could say he cursed the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree and the fig tree withered up at the roots. And, uh, uh, and his disciples were astonished at this. All right. And they said, look, the fig tree that you spoke to the day before is cursed. It withered away. And, uh, you know, they heard him say what he said to the fig tree the day before. Now, the next day, they're seeing the results of what Jesus had said the day before. And, uh, and so Jesus responds to them. He says, hey, have faith in God or have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. All right. Verse 23. Now, I was just thinking for a moment, and I want you to know this as well. I was hesitant to say that Jesus cursed the fig tree. You know, you might say, well, Pastor Wilkes, didn't he curse it? Well, the disciples, Peter, said, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. But Jesus didn't use the word curse. Jesus simply spoke to the fig tree. And uh, the fig tree uh, discontinued growing. And now Peter calls it a curse. He said that. Jesus didn't say that. So that's why I didn't say that. And so now notice here in verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Believe where? In his heart. That those things which he saith shall come to pass. Those things which who, who saith? He saith. Shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. So, when you say something, you're releasing what? Sound. There's sound being released when you say something. Like right now, I'm saying something. And what's happening? Sound is being released. There are sounds coming forth from me right now. And it's not just the words. It's not the sound of the words. It's the voice of God that's coming forth that's going to make the difference. It's the voice of God. It's not just the sound of the words. It's the voice of God flowing through those words. It's not just the sound um, 
as in uh, wa la 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 la. No, there has to be faith flowing through those sounds. And when you speak, it's not just the words that's going to make the difference in your life, in your situation. It's the faith inside those words. Glory to God. It's the faith inside those words. Glory to God. Your words are spiritual containers. They can contain either fear or faith. Your words, my words, contain faith. There's the sound of faith in our words. If faith, if faith can be heard, it's not only heard by you, it's also heard by the situations that you speak to. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You remember Lazarus? That body heard, received a sound. Sound waves went into that body. There were sounds that went out that day through Jesus into that body. Glory to God. There were sounds that went to Lazarus who was not in that body. And he came back into that body and came out of that tomb. Glory to God. There were sounds that were released that day. Jesus spoke to um, Peter's mother-in-law. She had a fever. He actually didn't speak to the mother-in-law. He spoke to the fever. He spoke to the fever and the fever heard Jesus and the fever left the woman. That's in Luke chapter 4. You can find it yourself. And so he spoke to the fever and the fever left her. The fever heard faith. The fever heard a sound that flowed from the man of God who was yielding to the spirit of God. There's a sound of faith that should be a part of your words. Faith has a sound. He that supplies the spirit to you. There's a supply of the spirit and works miracles amongst you. Does he do it through the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's by the hearing of faith that you're able to tap into this flow, the supply of the spirit and the working of miracles or the supernatural or the work of God, however you want to word it. Uh, it's through the hearing of faith, not just what I heard that gave me an indicator of what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm supposed to be saying, but now I need to act on those words. I need to speak those words. I need to say those words. You know, I need to act on those words. I need to speak those words. And when I do, the situation now is going to hear the sound. I heard the sound, and now the situation is going to hear the sound. Glory to God. I heard faith, now the situation is going to hear faith. Glory to God. When you pray for someone, you receive some words from the Lord. He said, say this, pray this, do this, act on this. And then you acted on it, you prayed it, you said it. So you received faith, then you released faith. See, there's the hearing of faith, then there's the release of faith. You heard a sound, now you're releasing a sound. You received faith, now you're releasing faith. There's a sound of faith, not just to you, but also through you. He that works miracles amongst you, right? He that supplies to you the Spirit and works miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? It's the hearing of faith. That presupposes that faith has a sound. Faith can be heard. Faith can be heard by you, but faith can also be heard by your situations. Glory be to God. Hallelujah.
Praise the Lord. Let's go now to 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians 4.13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. I told you this was going to be good. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13. Look at verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. We having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written. I believed. Believed. And therefore have I spoken. So the spirit of faith. Notice what it does. The spirit of faith believes and speaks. The spirit of faith believes in the heart and speaks. So then when you're operating in the spirit of faith, you're going to release some sounds, some faith sounds. Glory to God. Believes and speaks. Let's look at something else. Let's go to um, Luke 17. Luke 17. Luke 17, glory to God, hallelujah, glory to God, Luke chapter 17, glory to God, hallelujah, and let's look at, uh, let's look at verses 1 through 6, then said he, Jesus, Unto the disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone be hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea that, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed unto yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day turn again to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Don't ever get offended. Offense hinders the flow of God's power. Don't ever get offended. Just choose not to get offended. Praise God. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith as a seed, as a grain of mustard seed, as a seed, not faith the size of a seed. He didn't say that. He says faith as a seed. You might say, you might say, now, that's, you can stop right there. If you had faith as a seed, you might say, faith has a sound. There's a sound that should be released with faith. If you had faith as a seed, you would say, let your faith make its sound. Let your faith, now that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's from the Lord right there. That's a word from God right there for somebody. Let your faith make its sound. Here's another one. Let your faith be heard. Here's another one. Let your faith be voiced. Glory to God. I can, I can feel them rising. Glory to God. Let your faith be voiced. Voice your faith. Glory to God. All right. So now, let's go to Numbers chapter 13 for a second. Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Glory to God. Numbers chapter 13. If faith can be heard... Then that tells me faith has a sound. Glory to God. Numbers 13. And look at verse 30. And uh, 12 spies were sent to spy out the land of Canaan. And uh, uh, two of them came back with a good report. Ten of them came back with an evil report. All right. And uh, I want you to look at verse 30. This is, and, and what happened was the, 
first generation, they end up dying off. The second generation, along with Joshua and Caleb, end up going into the promised land. But I want you to see what happened here. Look at verse 30. When they got back, those 12 spies, Joshua and Caleb, two of the 12, said these words. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. There's a sound with those words. What does that sound like to you? Sounds like faith to me. Faith has a sound. And the supernatural things that God did to bring them into this promised land was precipitated by a sound. A sound of faith. And notice here in verses 31 through 33. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which were come out of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Go to Numbers chapter 14. And look at verse 24. Numbers 14 and verse 24. 14 and 24. But Caleb, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and had followed me fully, him will I bring into the land where he went and his seed shall possess it. So Caleb had another spirit with him. He had the spirit of faith. Joshua and Caleb had the spirit of faith. Whereas the ten spies did not have the spirit of faith, they had the spirit of fear. The ten spies, along with the second generation of Israel, died in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb and the second generation went into the promised land. The spirit of faith, the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith has a sound with it. Faith has a sound. If faith can be heard, then faith has a sound. I thought about this early in the morning. If faith can be heard, faith has a sound. Glory to God. And that sound should not only come to you, that sound should flow through you. Glory be to God. Woo! Glory to God. Now, go with me to John chapter... No, no. Go with me to James chapter 2. 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 Glory to God. Let your faith be heard. Let your faith be heard today. James chapter 2. Glory to God. Let's go over here and look at something over here. Let your faith be heard. James chapter 2. And let's look at... Uh, let's look at verse... Uh, verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works... Is dead being alone. Even if faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now this word for works here represent corresponding action. Your faith should have corresponding action. And the most outstanding action, the first action of faith is speaking. That's the first action associated with your faith is speaking. All right. Verse 17. Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Look at verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So I want to say this to you. 
Just like faith without works is dead, we can say this. Faith without words is dead. Faith without words is dead. Your faith should have some words. Because we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Faith without words is dead. Glory to God. Because, now, because words work. Because your words are doing the work. Would you like to see that? Okay. Go with me to John chapter 14. I still have my little stylus right here in Galatians chapter 3. I just have it sitting there. For the anointing's sake. Go to uh, John 14. John 14. John 14. Glory to God. Hallelujah. John 14. Look at verse 10. These are the words of Jesus now. He's going to show you the connection between the works of God and words from God. Faith without words is, is dead because for, for some of us, for many of us, the only corresponding action that we've been permitted to engage in at present, because we haven't heard from the Lord yet, is saying. That might be the only corresponding action that you can engage in right now. You might not be able to call someone. You might not be able to call the employer. You might not be able to call the, the real estate uh, owner or the, the realtor. Uh, they, may be, they may not be something that you can actually engage in right now because you haven't heard from the Lord concerning doing something, but you can certainly call things which be not as if they were. You can certainly give God praise for the victory that you know is right around the corner. So the only corresponding action that you may be able to engage in at present is Speaking, glory to God, hallelujah. You can say something. You probably are saying something already. You might as well say and speak the word of God. And notice here in John 14, Jesus connects words with works. Notice here, John 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now, to others that are around, the onlookers, it looks like Jesus is doing the works. But Jesus is speaking the words, but the Father is doing the work. But it looks like Jesus is doing the work. But Jesus is speaking the words, but it looks like Jesus is doing the work. But the Father is doing the work because Jesus is speaking the words. Same thing with you. When you receive that rhema word from God, you are to act on that word. In a corresponding way and sometimes the corresponding way may not be something you can physically do it may be something you can say and as you're saying it or speaking it the power of God goes to work and it looks like, and looks like you're working to me you are working you are you have corresponding action to what you believe you have corresponding action the only the only action that you may be able to release at certain times is speaking praise God hallelujah now, go with me to um, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Glory to God. Now, keep that thought in mind from Galatians chapter 3. He, therefore, that supplies to you the Spirit and the working of miracles amongst you, how does he do it? He does it by the hearing of faith. 
And so uh, when you hear, see, God speaks to you by his spirit. So you have the Logos, the written word of God. But then there are times when God will speak to you by his spirit. And when he speaks to you by his spirit, what happens? Faith comes. Through, with the supply of the spirit comes faith. With the supply of the spirit comes instructions. With the supply of the spirit, he ushers you into that flow of the mighty work of God. He'll give you what to say. He'll give you what to do. Glory be to God. The hearing of faith. There's the hearing of faith coming to you, but then there's the hearing of faith. Your situations and circumstances need to hear faith too. Not only do you need to hear faith, your situation needs to hear faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's how all of this comes together. Now go to John chapter uh, 3. John 3. John chapter 3. I believe I actually go to John 3. Glory to God. John chapter 3. And uh, look at verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with them. Now, in Jesus' response, he doesn't use the word miracles. He doesn't talk to Nicodemus about miracles. He talks to Nicodemus about something higher than that. He talks to Nicodemus about the kingdom of God. Amen. And you and I know that the kingdom of God represents God's system of government. It's not as much a physical place as it is a physical place. At, one, at some point, it will be a physical uh, abode for you and I, the kingdom of God. But it's a spiritual realm as well. It is God's system of government. It represents God's ways, God's thoughts, God's will. It is where the king reigns, where the king rules, where the king doms or has dominion. It's the king's domain. It's a realm of influence. It's invisible, it's spiritual, and it's real. And uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, he says, uh, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again or born from above, he cannot see, comprehend, or understand. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus starts to speak to him about the kingdom. Now, the man asked about miracles. Jesus talks to him about the kingdom. Why is that? Because what men call miracles is a natural flow of the kingdom of which Jesus is from and was from and where you and I are from and are a part of. All right. He says, except, except a man be born again, he cannot see, comprehend, or understand the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? So now you can see clearly uh, that there's something wrong with his hearing. He's not hearing clear. He's, he's not hearing, uh, he's not, you know, we don't all hear the same. Let me say this right here. Uh, this is a good place to place this. Uh, we don't all hear at the same level. We don't all hear the same things when words are communicated. For example, by way of illustration only, I say fox to you, fox. Now this is extremely important. This is extremely important. This is important to what I'm going to share with you in a few moments. All right, when we look at another angle of this. When I say fox, what do you see? What do you see? What do you hear? Many of you hear animal. Some of you hear fox coat. Some of you hear Audi fox, the car. Some of you hear that foxy lady. You know, and so uh, 
I said Fox, and not everybody heard the same thing. Not everybody heard the same thing. And so there are times when things are said by a man of God, even in uh, a church facility, and not everybody's hearing the same thing. And that affects how much one can receive from the kingdom. And so some are receiving 30-fold. Some are receiving 60-fold. And some are receiving 100-fold. And the hearing is influencing what they're able to receive. So if I said to you, God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, what do you hear? Do you hear, all right, that means I'm going to get my tires fixed on my car. That means that I'm going to get my new washing machine. And that means that I'm going to get a new job. All my need. So that's three things that you heard. I said God will supply all your need. You heard three things. I said God will supply all your need to someone else. They hear, all right, two apartment buildings, a car dealership, uh, more customers for my business. Uh, my pastor is increasing. My church is increasing. And they, their need is much greater than yours because they included within their uh, container, they included within their capacity, their need capacity, a lot more than what you included in yours. So the supply that flows to you is different than the supply that flows to them. The supply that flowed to them was based on how they heard. The supply that flowed to you was based on how you heard. So how you hear will influence the supply of the Spirit and the working of power that comes to you. How you hear will influence the supply. How you hear. So for some people, their hearing is sick. Some people are sick in their hearing. Their hearing has to be healed so that they can receive the full supply that God has for them. Some people are sick in their hearing. They got, a he they got hearing problems. And if you have hearing problems, you're going to have having problems. And so we want to get those having problems solved, then we have to get our hearing problems solved. That means we got to come up in our hearing. And when we come up in our hearing, it's going to influence how much we're able to have. I want you to hear that at the heart level and in the manifestation and material possession level as well. See, for some people they say, I don't think God cares about me having material possessions. In fact, if I have material possessions, that might make me look like I'm materialistic. So you're concerned about how you look as opposed to receiving all that God has for you and your family and your church and your ministry and so forth and so on. So how you hear is influencing how you're receiving. Somebody else may be free uh, from people bondage. And so they're not hearing like you hear. And they're not receiving like you're receiving. And that's why they're able to receive more because their hearing is on another level than yours. Glory to God. Isn't that something? Glory to God. And that's, and that's powerful. So I want you to have that so that when we go to this other place in a few moments, you'll see it. But I gave it to you in advance. Now notice here in John chapter 3. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of, of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So now notice, 
well, Jesus, got, he goes on to respond to Nicodemus, because Nicodemus was like, how can a man be born again when he's old? Verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born from above or born again. Now listen to this. The wind blows. Now this word wind is from the word pneuma. It means wind. It means spirit. It means breath. The wind blows where it wills, or you can say he wills. Because the wind is not only the wind. We're not only talking about natural wind. We're talking about the wind of God's spirit. He's talking about his, his very, God's very presence. He's, he's using wind to describe the working of the spirit. Glory to God. The wind blows where it wills. Or you can say the wind blows where he wills. The spirit blows where he wills. Holy Spirit blows where he wills. And you hear the sound. Glory to God. You hear the sound thereof. But you can't tell where it's coming from and where it's going. So is everyone that's born of the spirit. You can hear the sound of the wind. Well, in the same way that you can hear the sound of the wind, you can hear the sound of God's spirit. God's spirit has a sound. And when God's spirit speaks to you, you're going to have a voice. You're going to have a voice of faith. When God's spirit, who he, Holy Spirit, has a sound. And when he speaks to you, that quickened word, that rhema word, it will, it will, it will, to produce and generate on the inside of you faith which has a sound which should be released and when you release that sound people will look at you and say I can't tell where you're coming from I can't tell how you did that I don't know how that happened that's because you're flowing with the wind you're flowing with God's spirit and you're able to tap into things you're able to move in ways that other people that are operating in the natural will not be able to operate in they can't see you they can't figure you out now, they'll be able to understand you if they get over into the kingdom and, be, and embrace a kingdom mindset like you. Glory to God. They're going to be able to tap into some of the same things you're tapping into. Glory be to God. Isn't that awesome? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody say hallelujah. Say hallelujah three times. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Faith has a sound. Since faith can be heard, this tells us that faith has a sound. What does faith sound like? Faith sounds like the word of God coming to you. It sounds like the rhema word being heard at the heart level. The rhema word being heard at the heart level. The sound of faith not only comes to you, it is to flow from you. The sound of faith. The sound of faith. Victory has a sound. Faith has a sound. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, please. Mark chapter 4, and then I'm going to go to Matthew 13, and then we're going to park. Mark chapter 4. Glory to God. And uh, Mark chapter 4. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Faith has a sound. Say that with me. Faith has a sound. Glory to God. Mark chapter 4. And look at verse 24. All right. I'm in Matthew. I need to go to Mark so that I can be with you, so you and I can be on the same page. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you measure with, it shall be measured unto you. And you shall be given more, and more shall be given. The Amplified Classic says, The measure of thought and study that you give 
to the truth that you hear will be the measure or the supply or the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides. So there's a measure of power and knowledge that's coming to you because of how you hear. Not everybody's hearing at the same level. Not everybody's hearing the same. And our hearing needs to be healed if we're going to get the most from what God is wanting to do. When I say hearing healed, I'm not talking about bad ears. I'm talking about hardness of heart. That can certainly hinder your ability to hear. Offense, that can certainly hinder your ability to hear. You know, uh, being blinded by, you know, afflictions, persecutions, cares of this world, lots of other things, deceitfulness of riches. Allowing these things to cause you to take your eyes off of Jesus, that can certainly affect your ability to hear. We know so because the Bible tells us so. Look at, uh, let's go to Matthew 13. Let me show it to you over here in Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Matthew chapter 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Matthew 13. And notice here. Let's start at verse 9. He who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Now a parable represents uh, parallel truths that run side by side. Parallel truths. And uh, revealing to those that have an ear to hear and concealing to those that don't have an ear to hear. Conceal as in something that's hidden, like a concealed weapon. It's something that's hidden. So a parable reveals to those that have an ear to hear and conceals to those who do not have ears to hear. And so if you have an ear to hear, that means you're interested in what's being communicated. You're attentive to God's word. Now, certainly we're not all hearing on the same level because, you know, you know some may, have be, some may be further along than others but then there's this idea that some aren't hearing at the same level because they don't have an ear to hear all right all right verse 12 whosoever hath to him shall be given now this is referring to understanding if you have understanding you're going to receive more if you don't have understanding uh because of the fact that you've been hard of hearing then even what you do understand is going to you're going to lose that He's referring to understanding. You'll see that as we move forward. I'm just getting you on the fast track here. Whosoever hath ears to hear, to him shall be given. Given what? Understanding. And he, has, he shall have more understanding, more in abundance. But whosoever hath not, hath not what? Ears to hear. From him shall be taken away even that which he hath, the understanding that he has. Therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing hear not, and neither do they understand. They don't understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, or insensitive, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Glory to God. For I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them, and hear those things that you hear and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understands it not, 
Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away the word that was sown in their heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that receives seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receives it, yet he hath not written himself, but endures for a while. But when tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, by and by he is offended. And he also that receives seed amongst the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, uh, choke the word and becomes unfruitful. That's Mark's rendering. I kind of combined the two. Verse 23. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word, understands it, and also beareth fruit, and bringeth forth some a hundredfold. But then there's some sixtyfold. And then there's some thirtyfold. What kind of fruit do you want to bring forth? Thirtyfold? I mean, if there's a thirtyfold, I mean, we see a thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and hundredfold. Why would you go for thirty? But some will bring forth thirty. But you know, certainly intentionally, you and I are trying to. We're going for, you know, a hundredfold. We're going for the complete return. And uh, but some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You and I are going for the uh, hundredfold. Glory to God. In everything we do, we're going for the complete return. Glory to God. He that supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles amongst you, does he do it by the works of the law or does he do it by the hearing of faith? It's by the hearing of faith and faith has a sound. Faith has a sound. And uh, it can be heard. We can hear faith coming to us and when it comes, praise God, you'll recognize it when faith comes. And now we're to release faith. We'll release that sound. Faith has a sound that's coming to us. And faith has a sound that should flow through us and from us into those situations that we're dealing with. Praise God. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. I'm Evangelist and Pastor Derek D. Wolf on behalf of Congregational Churches. Saying to you, prosper and look forward to fellowship and with you. Good day. I'm Evangelist and Pastor Derek E. Wilkes, President and Founder of the Congregation of Churches. Welcome to our website and thank you for joining us for worship today. I'd like to invite you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you didn't do that today with us, I'd like for you to pray with me right now. Say these words. Dear God, your word says that if I would confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead, I would be saved. I do that now. I confess that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I am born again. I am a child of God. Praise God. Thank you for doing that. I'd like to give you a copy of one of our publications entitled Faith to be Born Again. It's yours at no cost. Just let us know you want it and we'll send it to you at our expense. Also consider partnering with us by tapping onto the link above that says COC partners. Praise God. Until we come together again, I'm Evangelist and Pastor Derek E. Wilkes here at Congregation of Churches saying to you, prosper.